Welcome to The Skin Reel, your guide to all things skincare, skin health, beauty, and more, curated by dermatologists and true skin experts. I'm your host, Dr. Mary Alice Mina. I'm a double board certified dermatologist and dermatologic surgeon with over a decade of clinical experience. If you're looking for real, practical, unhyped skincare guidance and expertise, or you just think the skin is really cool, then you're in the right spot. I'm so glad you've tuned in to The Skin Reel. Now let's dive in because this is how dermatologists talk skin. Hi everyone, quick disclaimer here before we start. This podcast is for educational purposes only and is not a substitute for professional care by a doctor or other qualified medical professional. If you're looking for help on your skin journey, please check out the American Academy of Dermatology's website, aad.org, where you can search their database for dermatologists near you. It is so important that you have someone in your corner who's well-trained, licensed, and board-certified who can help you make decisions when it comes to your skin health. Okay, got it? Great. Now for the fun stuff. Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for joining me on this week's episode of The Skin Reel. I am really excited to have my colleague, Dr. Nasser, on today. And we are going to be discussing how to prepare for that dermatology appointment you perhaps have been waiting weeks or months for and how to make sure you are getting the most out of that visit. And I am thrilled to have Dr. Nasser on with me today. Dr. Nasser went to Georgetown University in Washington, D.C. for her undergrad studies in languages and linguistics, and then she completed medical school at Tufts University in Boston, followed by her dermatology residency at McGill University in one of my favorite cities in the world, Montreal, Canada. So very cool to hear that. She now practices in Southern California. And aside from having a busy dermatology practice, she also teaches at the local medical school, teaching second-year medical students doctoring skills. And in her free time, which I'm not sure how she has a lot of free time because she has four children, she is training for a half marathon in May and does mission work in Haiti and Vietnam. So I am so glad she was able to carve out a little bit of time in her schedule to be on this episode. Dr. Nasser, thanks so much for being here. Hi, thanks so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. And I I didn't mention in your bio, uh, one other thing that I want to talk about too at the end is um, your Dermatology Minute Instagram and Facebook account where you go over really interesting skin conditions and just also just common skin stuff. And you talk about it in sort of a, a short format and people can comment. And I think that's really awesome too. So I definitely want to know more about that. But Let's let's get to the meat of our, our topic today. Why is this even important? Why do we even need to tell people how to prepare for their dermatology visit? Yeah, so the reality is in our current healthcare system, everyone's rushed, right? Your doctor is rushed, your nurse, there's never enough time, right? So we want to make the most out of that short, precious visit time. And when a patient comes in and they have all their concerns, we want that visit to be as effective as possible. So that does take a little legwork on the patient's end before the visit even begins. That's right. So kind of prepping, preparing, that can make the visit so much more effective, efficient, and beneficial for all parties involved, right? Absolutely. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. With, you know, insurance 
and, and everything having these short 30 minute for a new patient, 15 minute blocks, it can be hard to fit all the things in that we, we need to. So I think it's great. We're talking about it here. So what, let's start by talking about what happens at a dermatology visit. Yeah. So I think the most important thing to understand with your dermatology visit is, is this a medical dermatology visit or am I here for cosmetic concerns? I think that's that first fork in the road there. (laughs) So what is the purpose of my visit today? Do I have some medical dermatology concerns? For example, do I want to get checked for skin cancer? Do I have a concerning growth, a mole that has been changing? Do I have a rash that's itchy and bothersome? What is the purpose of this visit? Um, so I think for our purposes here today on the podcast, we'll probably just focus on medical visits. Um, but it's really important for patients to know that each visit really should have a purpose. And that purpose should be almost like loud and clear right from the beginning. Um, from the moment you call for the appointment <laughs> to the moment you walk in the room. Um, because those are very different visits. So for example, if someone's main concern is hair loss, for example, that visit's going to go in a totally different direction than someone who's coming for a full body skin cancer check, right? So that's going to be a completely different visit. And for your doctor, for your dermatologist to know what you need and to be able to help you the best way, they need to know why you're there. And I know this sounds like a no brainer, but it's not always clear. Yeah. And I always like to start out my visit, introduce myself, and then I say, what brings you in today? And that's a great opening for the patient to say, I'm here because of this rash, or I'm here because this mole looked funny. I just noticed it. So that is where uh, you let us know what is your top concern. You may have some other concerns, and I may have a concern that that mm-hmm. you haven't noticed. That's right. You may have a concern about the patient. That's absolutely right. But start off with what is your primary goal for that visit. Absolutely. I totally agree. You know, um, a lot of dermatologists, uh, we kind of joke around and say, wow, the patient said that they're here for one reason to the nurse. And then, you know, because the nurse will often room the patient. And then when we get in the room and we're reading the concern, sometimes it's a totally different what they're telling us than what they told the nurse who roomed them. So I always get a chuckle out of that. <laughs> that that's so funny. Yes. But yeah. yes, having that number one concern front and center right at the beginning is going to make your visit go so much more more uh, efficiently. And I love that you did a post a few weeks back Mm -hmm. about how sometimes it's when we're saying goodbye, the hands on the door, and that's when the patient brings out really their number one concern. Right. I'm I'm not sure if it's because of nervousness or um, anxious about it, but I would just encourage anyone listening, if you're concerned about it, bring it up first. Make that the first thing we talk about. Right, right. So yeah, so that's the the main thing is what are you here for? And really spelling it out clearly for the dermatologist when they walk in the room. And the second thing is really to come prepared for the visit. So for example, if I'm here for a full body skin check to look for skin cancer, I don't want to be wearing a lot of makeup, a lot of hairspray and nail polish. I don't want to be wearing a lot of bulky jewelry, things that are difficult to take off and cumbersome. You kind of want to come as natural as possible for that visit, especially with makeup. 
Absolutely, because it is really hard to see those subtle changes of skin cancers and pigmented lesions when mm. there is a lot of makeup on. So if if you are there, especially if you are someone with a history of skin cancer, please forego the makeup. <laughs> you know, you can wear the mascara if you want, but uh, forego the makeup, uh, the foundation um, so that we can really see your skin. Absolutely. And as someone who treats skin cancer, it's so important. Yeah, if you want to make your dermatologist happy, please don't wear any makeup or tinted sunscreen or foundation when you go to get your skin checked. Because a lot of these lesions, you know, as Dr. Mina just said, they're very subtle. And a lot of us use a tool called a dermatoscope to really evaluate these uh, these brown spots or pigmented lesions. And if you're wearing makeup, it really throws us off. And we're, we're there trying to help the patient. So help us help you by not wearing makeup. <laughs> yes, yeah, I, I got a kick out of um, a patient I had today was here for a follow-up. And uh, I was thinking about how we had this recording later today, and, and she was really proud. She said, I didn't wear any makeup for you, so you can really see it. And uh, I was really proud of her. I was like, thank you so much, and tell all your friends. Yes, exactly. I want a big sign on the door. No makeup, please. <laughs> yes. yeah, same thing. I know nail polish is hard yeah. because people want pretty nails. Nail polish and all that. is hard, but we do want to check like even the toenails for if there's a black line, for example, or anything going on with unhealthy nails that are thickened or discolored or, you know, so how can we do that if they're polished? So as I said before, try to help us help you. We want to make it most effective for you. Absolutely. And you can definitely undress to your comfort level, but ideally, and I would just encourage people not to be embarrassed that we are here to really look at all your skin. And if you're there for a skin cancer screening, it really is important to take off your undergarments, your underwear, your bra, so that we really can evaluate your skin effectively. Absolutely. I feel actually particularly strongly about this point. Um, you know, we've all talked to patients where they're like, whoa, no one's ever checked me this thoroughly. Like no one's ever, you know, looked between my toes or, you know, um, under, under the bra, for example. And to do a proper skin cancer check, you are actually supposed to look now. Now, obviously, if you don't feel comfortable, you, you can just say that and leave your underclothes on or your undergarments on. But um, the way I trained, we really do look everywhere. And you can ask for a chaperone to be in the room if you don't feel comfortable. Certainly, you want to choose a dermatologist you feel comfortable with. You know, these are rather intimate exams when you think about it. And, um, you know, I take the patient's trust very seriously. I know that this is hard for them to do. It is a little nerve wracking to be checked like that. But you can always ask for a chaperone in the room. And again, we would never force anything on anyone. But uh, to do a proper full body skin cancer check, especially in the if you've had melanoma before, we are supposed to kind of look everywhere. <laughs> Right. Yeah. So don't be embarrassed. I would encourage yeah. people not to be embarrassed that, uh, you know, we're your doctor and we're here to help right. you and to evaluate. And uh, I, one thing I find patients will say, uh, they'll apologize a lot for not shaving. And I just yes. want to reassure listeners yeah. that that is not something you need to worry about. We do no. not care if you shave no. or not. Um, that really doesn't yeah. even cross my mind doing an exam, but I, I hear that a lot. So I just want to encourage people, don't stress about that. I'd rather you have your nail polish off or your yes. your tight uh, hairstyle Absolutely. Uh, down. Yes. You know, it's funny. We get a lot of apologies, particularly from the ladies, I would say. You know, sorry, I didn't shave. Sorry, I, I put on a few pounds since the last visit. I'm embarrassed, you know, to get checked. 
we're not here to judge you. We're just here to, you know, to help you and to look for any skin cancers that could hurt you in the future. So we're certainly, we don't care if you shaved or didn't shave. That thought doesn't even cross our mind. You know, we're just happy that you're getting checked, really. Yes, absolutely. And and we've all been patients too. So we we know how it feels to be on the other end under that harsh lighting. But again, I would just... With the paper gown. (laughs) Right. I would just emphasize that to, you know, really get a good exam, come prepared and be prepared to to undress to your comfort level so that we really Mm -hmm. can evaluate everything. Absolutely. Now, what if someone... So we've been kind of talking about skin checks, skin cancer Mm -hmm. evaluations, things like that. What if someone's coming in for a rash? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, you can still have a full body skin check, but in general, I'd say dermatologists really, if you're coming in for a rash, they're really going to focus in on your rash as the main visit reason. So I wouldn't probably do a full thorough, you know, checking everywhere for skin cancer. If someone's coming in for a rash, I'm really going to focus on that rash. But I would say you should be prepared to answer some important questions about the rash. And again, it's that help us help you (laughs) mantra. So for example, if you have a rash, you should be prepared to answer questions like, when did it start? Where on your body did it start? Has it moved around? What are the symptoms? Is it itchy? Is it painful? Are there blisters? And also, you know, what makes it better? What makes it worse? And what have you tried so far? So for example, one of the most helpful things to dermatologists is if a patient has a rash and they say, you know what, doctor, I put a steroid cream or a cortisone cream on this rash and it got worse, but I used this athlete's foot cream, this antifungal, and it got better. Well, that is really important information (laughs) because that can help us narrow down the diagnosis. Yes, absolutely. I had a patient call today after surgery and his scar was really itchy. He was really concerned. And the first, you know, my my staff, they're amazing. They know how to field these questions. And of course, they're asking, well, what are you putting on it? And turns out he was putting Neosporin on is a very common allergen, which is why we just recommend Vaseline, um, petrolatum like that. And so right away, we were able to figure out why he was getting that rash, but it was really important that he gave us that history. Yeah. And and that being said, kind of along those lines, bring in your medications and the treatments you're using for the visit. If you want to make your dermatologist happy, you know, when we ask, what have you used on this? And you say, well, I used a cream. And we say, what cream? And you say, well, it's in a tube and it's white. And it's got a red stripe. (laughs) (laughs) It's like the white pill in the bottle, right? So if you brought that cream in and showed us, I'm using Neosporin and we're like, oh, okay, well, that's really helpful. So I think the best thing is not necessarily to bring, you know, a trash bag full of every product in your house. No, but to just bring in the medications and treatments you're using or that you've tried on the rash. That's really helpful. Yeah. Or take a picture of it. Nowadays, everyone's got phones. Take a picture of it and sort of think back in your head too. Anything new in the last like week or two or before the rash started, anything that you've been trying, because we're going to ask that. And it may seem silly like a new nail polish, but that could be the cause of your eyelid rash. So just kind of thinking through the history of how your rash started and when and where and what were you doing at the time that it started? Those can all be really, really helpful in yeah. us 
making a diagnosis for you? I would say that new products are particularly helpful. For example, if you used a new sunscreen or a new cosmetic cream, maybe like an under eye cream with retinol in it. And sometimes the patient won't always put that together because there could be a delay between the new product Mm -hmm. and the time when the rash starts because a lot of these allergies, they're actually delayed. So um, I love the idea of taking photos of your products or your treatments. I will put a little caveat that um, try not to spend the whole visit time scrolling through the thousands of photos on your phone, but rather have those ready to go <laughs> and somehow, you know, pull, pull to the side, so to speak. Make an album, make an album. <laughs> yes, make an album of the important photos you wish to show us so that way we're not wasting time. Nobody wants your visit to go to just time wasted. We want to use every precious minute to help you. Yes, that is really great uh, advice. Another great thing to do is to make sure you know what your medications are. Mm -hmm. So I know some of these names of medications are really confusing or hard to say. You don't know how to pronounce it. And having a list is really helpful because we can then we can plug that into your chart, you know, even after the visit, we don't even have to to do that at your visit, but it's helpful to scan and know what medications are you taking. And that also gives us an idea of what your underlying medical issues are. Sometimes patients will fill out their checklist and they won't mention diabetes or high blood pressure and all that. And then I'll look at their medications and I see that they are on medications for all those things. So having an up-to-date list of your medicines is really, really helpful and your allergies. So Absolutely. The allergies are really key. I would say that's helpful to have that uh, with you as you prepare and as you come for your visit, just making sure that's all up to date yeah. and letting your doctor know any any new procedures. I usually will ask how's your health been since I saw you last? Have you been hospitalized or have any new medical issues or diagnoses? One thing I always ask too is, um, especially if you're coming for a skin cancer screening, I always ask, well, have you had skin cancer before? And if so, which types and when and where on your body? So if you can have that information ready to go, for example, you know, in 2020, I had a basal cell skin cancer removed from my nose with Mohs surgery. That is such helpful information for us because a lot of patients, they remember having had a skin cancer removed, but they don't know if it was a melanoma Mm -hmm. or a squamous cell or a basal cell. And that's completely different for us. So (laughs) we'd like to know what you had and it can really help, you know, determine your risk, for example, for future skin cancers. Yes, absolutely. And I had a patient today who had a history of melanoma and I was trying to deduce what perhaps stage it was. So I'm asking her questions like, who removed it? Did a dermatologist remove it? Did a general surgeon remove it? Did you have to spend the night in the hospital? You know, how long is your scar? Uh, So it's, and I I know these things are hard. I mean, things you think you're going to remember and it leaves your head and, you know, so maybe keeping a document, typing it down, writing it down when it happens um, so that as you get older, these things do add up, unfortunately. And then you've got it all right there and you don't have to try to come up with it on every visit with every doctor's appointment. And I would say, you know, some some people, you know, it depends on the doctor you're seeing, but some people feel more comfortable having a loved one there with them at the visit, especially if they have memory problems or perhaps a history of some dementia. Um, it is kind of nice to have either their significant other there to help answer questions. Um, so I would kind of think about that too. 
Yeah. Another set of ears, another set of eyes that can be really helpful if, if that's available. So how would you recommend that our listeners make sure when they're at their visit that their concerns are addressed? So I think before the visit, write down your top one or two concerns, definitely no more than three concerns. Um, I, I honestly think it's a disservice to come in with sort of a laundry list of 42 items that there, you know, 42 concerns you want to discuss. Cause you know, realistically the time frame we have, it's just not enough time to cover that many topics. So think about your top, you know, one or two most important concerns and come in with those. And then I think there's key questions to ask your dermatologist. So perhaps after they've examined you and made a diagnosis and helped choose a treatment plan, you can ask, you know, so, so let me get this straight. So my diagnosis is, and um, the treatment I have to do is, and then kind of go through how often you have to do it and what you have to do. And just kind of that like bouncing back and forth of, let me get this straight. So I have this, and I need to use this. And just to make sure that everyone's on the same page and everyone's understood the information. And what if I don't do this? What would happen? Or um, when should I come back? Or what if it doesn't work? How, how soon should I contact you? You know, these are important questions. Yeah, that's such great advice. You want to sort of repeat back what you heard. And if you aren't clear on what you heard, it'll be obvious because you won't be able to do it. So <laughs> I do this sometimes with my children. Like, now what did I say? But <laughs> um, but having to repeat it back is really helpful. And you can also write it down. Sometimes I will have my staff write down sort of a, yeah. a, a little um, bullet point of the things we talked about and and what they should do. And I love your um, suggestion of, you know, what do I do if this doesn't work? How, how do I get back in touch or what should be the next steps for me? Because it's one thing to sort of know what the, the plan is, but again, sometimes plan A doesn't work and we have to go to plan B or plan C. So what do you do in that case? And then the other thing, we'll use an example of eczema, for example. So let's say somebody has a chronic skin condition like eczema or psoriasis. Your dermatologist might give you one thing to use on sensitive skin areas like the face or the neck or the ears, and then another product to use on kind of thicker, tougher skin areas like your back or your knees or elbows, for example. So to have that written down is really important. And to leave with that understanding of, wait a minute, this one is only for this area, but not for that area, just to have that all clarified. Yes. So, so key. Because again, those names of those medicines are are tough to say, <laughs> tough to spell. So yes. if you can be, make sure you are crystal clear on which what goes where, uh, that can be really, really helpful. And then repeating back the instructions or what you heard, what you believe the instructions to be to make sure everyone's on the same page. That is really great. And again, if you've got another person with you, they can also help verify that or say, nope, when you're at home, that's not what she said. She said, do this. (laughs) <laughs> I think my favorite visits are when the spouse is in the room and they're like, doctor, tell him not to do this. <laughs> and, you know, or, or like a teenager is there for acne and the mom is behind him saying, tell him not to eat sugar because it makes their acne worse. You know, like <laughs> they got their own agenda, I guess. <laughs> but I, always uh, I, I always get a kick when the, the spouse cannot come and it, it usually is the, a male patient coming in. 
the wife will or the partner will have circled the yes. spots that they're concerned about and they they so literally fun. when they literally look like uh you know they they've been drawn on the circles everywhere concern. sometimes i'll write a little note back to the wife on the patient's skin <laughs> just for fun like this one okay this yes. one but, but you know no, what just, that's that's coming prepared to the exam so um i'm i'm laughing out of good fun and uh look if that's what it takes to make sure the spots yeah. you're worried about are evaluated, go for it. (laughs) Let's uh, just briefly talk about reasonable expectations versus unreasonable expectations. This is a big one. I'd say this is a kind of a point of contention for many of us physicians is that, you know, some patients come and they want you to like fix every single thing, every problem they have in this 15 minute slot. And you know, solve every single issue and even things that they've seen three or four other doctors for. And you're a, you're a fifth opinion, for example. And I think it's, it's a little unreasonable to come in with a mile long list. So this might be a little unpopular, but I think if you really want your dermatologist to thoroughly investigate each concern you have, you really have to limit it to about two or three concerns max per visit. Cause realistically, you know, hair loss is like a visit in and of itself. And I kind of feel the same way about a skin cancer screening. You know, it takes a long time to check someone from their scalp down to the, you know, between their toes and and in, in sensitive covered areas, you know, it takes time. And if you want them to be thorough and do a proper evaluation, it, it might take the whole visit. So I think it's important to sort of just set your expectations that realistically, no more than two or three concerns max. And Different dermatologists will have their own rules about this. Some of them will only do one concern, for example. I'm, I'm kind of a little more lenient and I'll do more, but it just depends how long the time slot is. And if you need an interpreter, please, you know, ask for one before the visit. Anything that you need, special accommodations, or if you need someone in the room with you, or if you need an interpreter, please have that all, you know, brought forth when you're calling in for the appointment so that it's all set up that day. Yeah, that's so important because we don't want you leaving, the patient leaving frustrated. We don't want to be frustrated. And if we're trying to touch on so many different things, Mm -hmm. it's like um, multitasking. You end up doing Mm -hmm. nothing well. Exactly, exactly. I think it's so important to have a relationship with your dermatologist. There are so many skin conditions that they're not quick fixes and they're ongoing chronic issues. I would say even skin cancer, it's an ongoing process and you will always be be screened and things like psoriasis, atopic dermatitis, even acne. These are not things that can be fixed in a 15 minute, 30 minute visit. So be prepared to go on a journey with your dermatologist. I love that. Trial and, <laughs> trial and error. Try this. That didn't work. That had side effects. Yes. Let's try this. And that's really the art of medicine, right? It's not cookie cutter, one size fits all. So try not to be frustrated and sort of see it more as this kind of journey, this marathon together <laughs> that you're taking. And you know, to that end too, is if your dermatologist is 15 minutes behind, try to show them some grace that, you know, try not to be so frustrated if they're a little, you know, backed up. Sometimes we're double booked. Sometimes we had an emergency. Yes, even dermatologists have emergencies. For example, I'm on call for the hospital and sometimes I get called in. And so, you know, I try to be super 
I try to stay on time. I try to tell patients if they're in the waiting room, you know, I have my nurse come out and say, hey, she's running a little bit behind. Just want to let you know, do you need anything? So, you know, just try to show us some grace too. I try to show all my patients grace when they come if they're late or if they're there on the wrong day, for example. <laughs> so we're going to do our best to try to have some patience with us. We'll have patience for you. Uh, but it is a relationship. I love that. I love how you stated it. Yeah. And uh, I, I, to the point of, of being late too, yes, n- no one likes being late. I, I hate running behind. I hate feeling like people are waiting on me. But I make it a priority that when I'm in the room with the patient, yes, nothing else matters. They have my individual attention. And sometimes, yes, that does cause me to run behind. But another thing about prepping for a visit is make sure you're on time because mm-hmm. every patient is five minutes late, it really causes quite a backlog. Yeah. Um, so the person the that end. comes in at the end of the day, if everyone was five minutes late before you, <laughs> that causes a backlog. That's and right. I would say, you know, if your appointment is at three o'clock, maybe check in at 2.45 so that you're ready to go. By three, you're like completely ready. You're in the waiting room. Everything, yep. You've already gone to the bathroom. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> For some reason, whenever patients come, they need to use the restroom when we're <laughs> about to see them. Yes. But, um, you know, these kinds of things, just try to get it all done before coming in. That would be great. But we understand. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of joking here. I have four kids myself and, you know, there are days that are just crazy. So between yeah. the parking or the traffic, or maybe your, your child was homesick from school, whatever it is, we'll We'll try to be as understanding as possible, but just do your best to come on time. Yeah, that's right. It, it's a two-way street, and we want to make your visit as impactful as possible. And yes. we, we're just here sort of sharing our tips as busy practicing dermatologists, and uh, hopefully it has given listeners some ideas or suggestions or maybe had them think about things in a different way they hadn't really uh, thought about. And um, it's been a lot of fun talking with you, Dr. Nasser, today. And I don't um, have a ton of time left, but can you briefly tell us about your host as the Dermatology Minute? I'd love to hear more about that. Yes. Thank you, Mina. By the way, it's been a blast and I'm so grateful that you had me on. So I appreciate you very much. Um, So the group is called Dermatology Minute. It's the same name, whether you go to Facebook or whether you go to Instagram. So you just type in Dermatology Minute and it's really geared toward educating the public as well as other medical uh, professionals about dermatology. So this can be, for example, we might talk about rashes in kids or we might talk about fingernail changes or different types of hair loss or alopecia. So it's it's definitely more of a medical dermatology information group rather than a cosmetic dermatology, but we do touch on some cosmetic topics, for example, melasma or hyperpigmentation. We talk a lot about acne. So, you know, there's quizzes, there's just very brief videos, there's lots of pictures. (laughs) So, and I just try to have fun with it, you know, so it's just to educate the public about dermatology topics. Yeah, it's it's fun. They're like quick little nuggets of of information, and it's kind of fun to quiz yourself or see uh, see if you can get it right or or learn some uh, little pearls. So I think it's a lot of fun. How often do you post those? I try to do it every day. It just depends oh. on my schedule, but I try to get on there pretty often, and I I answer people. It's definitely not a place to get a personalized consult or to ask for medical advice. It's really just me putting um, information about dermatology topics on there. So general questions for sure are answered. 
but um, it's not like a specific site to go to for your own skin problem. Yes, definitely. Well, I love that you're doing that. And I don't know how you do it every day, but <laughs> keep doing it because I, I like to, find, to read them. And I will uh, put the in the show notes, I will put that uh, your social media handle so that people can find you on there. Dr. Nasser, thanks so much. Talk to you Thank soon. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to The Skin Reel. I hope it's been informative, educational, and perhaps a little entertaining. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to like and subscribe and share with a friend. Don't want to stop your learning just yet? Head on over to theskinreel.com for show notes, blog posts, and so much more. Until next time, skin friends.